so good to be back. Yeah, yeah it's so good to be back. I, I always say, I always talk to Mark and say, oh, I miss Redcliffe. He goes, let Hendrico do what he needs to do. <laughs> and I go, okay. So it's so good. Hendrico's doing a great job, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's so good. He's actually, we've had to share him today, and he's at Warner this morning. And uh, so you got me. Good response. I would have been a bit discouraged if, if there was no feedback. No, it's good. This morning, as we were in worship, I just felt uh, this word, and it might be for one person, but I need to be obedient in sharing it. And there's been this sense of disappointment um, and I know in a crowd like this, you don't need a word of knowledge for this, but this is what I felt the Lord say is that just because there's a delay in your situation, it doesn't mean that God's denying your situation, but stand firm and hold fast. So who, for wh- whoever that is for this morning, I want to encourage you is that God has identified you and to not be weary And not be discouraged, but know that God knows you, he sees you, he's with you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity. It's always a great joy and a great privilege and a great honour to be able to speak from your word this morning. And I pray that this morning that people will be encouraged. I pray today that people will have fresh revelation I pray today that more than anything that people would know you in a more intimate way and I pray faith will rise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to speak this morning about heaven bound. Who's ever heard a sermon about heaven? Good, good. Well, I'm going to speak to you about heaven this morning because really heaven if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour that is your destination have you ever wondered what heaven would be like some think it's sitting on a white fluffy cloud some think it's just being in a jacuzzi all the time and some people think that it's boring all we do is worship have you ever As I've actually been studying the Word of God about heaven, my gosh, I'm excited to go there. But there's just many people still to know about Jesus. And I don't want to miss any opportunity for people, family members and people to join me in heaven. You know, the Scripture mentions heaven in the New Testament 275 times. In the Old Testament, over 300 times. So over 500 times it's mentioned about heaven. So I think it's a hot topic that God wants us to know that heaven, we need to be heaven bound and know Jesus Christ to be able to get there. You know, years ago, Rolling Stones magazine did a survey of the top 100 rock songs of all time. Number one was Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. Number two was Mick Jagger, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And number three, the most popular number one pop song of this of all time was... No, Imagine by John Lennon. 
Yeah. Imagine by John Lennon saying 1971. Imagine there's no heaven. You know that song? You've sung it. I know that you have. You've swayed to it. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Ah, <laughs> so depressing. Did you know in 2018 at the Winter Seoul South Korea Olympics, that song was featured as the opening ceremony song. 35,000 people in that stadium, millions at home were swaying and singing that song about no heaven, no hell, no eternity. That's as good as it gets. Aim for world peace, then die and get eaten by worms. That's what the song is basically about. People just living for today, no real hope ahead, no heaven, no hell. And you know why it gets you in? It's the melody. The melody gets people in and they have no idea what they're singing. They just get into the melody and you begin to sing a song of no hope. No heaven, no hell, just worms when you die. And that was the number three song of all time. Well, the Bible tells us there is a heaven. The Bible tells us there is a hell. And both are real and both exist. And I want to look at what the Bible says about us, tells us about heaven. I want to look at a lengthy conversation and discussion that Jesus had to his disciples in the upper room. Before he left earth, Jesus shares some very important things about loving one another. And then he begins to share with them about being heaven bound. And I want you to go where I am going, Jesus says. He primarily is talking about Heaven. So let's read John 13, 33 to 38. Little children, I shall be with you a little longer, a while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So I now say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but, when you, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Then this conversation continues in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, 
And there where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. And how do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. You know, the disciples intently listening, their ears prick up. You'll only be with us a little longer, but where are you going? And there's three questions that the disciples ask. Peter asks two questions and Thomas has one question. Peter's first question is in John 13, 36, 37, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me and afterward. And his second question is, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And then we see Thomas ask the third question. In John 14, 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? You know, today we hold in our hands and we read and we have an overview of the word of God. The disciples didn't. They, we, we have the benefit of the whole story, seeing it from beginning to the end. We have an advantage that the disciples didn't have. Jesus was trying to tell them that after his crucifixion, he would rise again from the dead. And then he appeared, will come down and appear with them for 40 days. And then Jesus would ascend back into heaven. And, uh, and we see that he's trying to explain that this is what is to happen. We rec it's recorded again in Acts chapter 1, 9 to 11. It's the live reel of what he was saying is actually happening in Acts 1, 9 to 11. Now when he, he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These are two angels. And who said, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come like the manner as you saw him go into heaven. And we read, we continue to read Jesus having this conversation in 13 and John 13 and 14 about heaven to prepare them, to prepare us to know what heaven is like. You know, he's on earth for three and a half years and he wants to assure them that they understand he's got to go back to heaven, but it's not permanently. And we know that because one day, just as he went up in the clouds, we will see him return if you're still here on earth in the clouds come back. I don't know about you, I'm excited. I don't know which way I want to go. I think it would be nice to be taken up in a cloud as Jesus comes down. Or do I want to die and go that way? I don't know. I think I want to go up with the clouds. That sounds more exciting. 
And we see that he's also saying these three, three these things to prepare them, to prepare us for the departure from this earth when we die. We have to be ready for one day he will come back. And one day we will die. Benjamin Franklin said it really well. There are two things that are certain, taxes and death. We know about taxes. If you're here, you don't know about death just yet. Let's look at what Jesus says, John 13, 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you shall follow me afterwards. He's saying because of his sacrifice, Jesus has opened heaven to all those who believe and have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And countless of people are receiving God as their personal Saviour. As we speak, as I'm speaking, as you're sitting, people are receiving Jesus Christ, and have the opportunity of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to keep as many people from going to hell. You know, you've, all, you've been asked this question. Or you've heard it being asked. You know, if God is such a loving God, why does he send people to heaven? You know, I want to tell you, and I want to give you an answer to give to people if you don't know the answer. God sends no one to heaven, to hell. God sends no one hell. It's their refusal of God. It's, it's our refusal and rejection of Jesus that sent ourselves to hell. Because Jesus opened up heaven that no man shall perish but have eternal life. It's our choice to accept him or reject him. And the wonderful great news is not one person will miss out on having an opportunity to know about God and hearing. He wants to use us. I want to be used by God to lead people to Jesus. I love that testimony. Just straightforward. Do you know Jesus? It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And just there and then, I want to receive Jesus. You know, there are people out there who are waiting to hear about hope. In this hopeless society, people are desperate to hear about hope and we carry the hope of God in our lives. So when you get prompted, when you don't get prompted, just ask people, do you know Jesus? Do you know your eternal destiny? Do you know when you die where you are going? It's, it's amazing. That's an open question of people go, nah, the worms, no hell, no heaven. Because I heard the song. There's our opening. There is an eternal hope. So let's look at what heaven is like. Heaven is where God resides and is the eternal home for all those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. As, P as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 6-8, Paul talks about as long as we are in this body, we are away from God because we are on this earth. But the moment we die, he says, to be absent in this body is to be 
present with the Lord. And we saw that when Jesus died on the cross with the thief on the cross beside him. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. It's an instantaneous time that happens. And that happens to those who know Jesus Christ as their personal saviour. The Bible goes on to say that we get a glorified body, yes! And I'm so excited for my new body. What a wonderful promise that we go instantly into the presence of God. So where is heaven? Have you asked that question? For different ones who study the Bible, you know where heaven is. But I want to tell you who don't know. Heaven is located somewhere above and beyond outer space, Earth's outer space. It's actually located in the north. Did you know that? No, thank you. It's in the north. I didn't know that until I studied the scriptures. And you go, come on, Nina, give me a scripture. I don't know about that. Okay, I will. I'll give you one, but there's more than one. There is only one place on earth that no matter where you are on earth, that is always fixed and it's north. It's a north position. Scriptures also tell us that it's north. Isaiah 14, 13 to 14. And this is Satan talking here when he was kicked out of heaven. In verse 13, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be the, like the Most High. We also see that God is looking down from heaven. Psalm 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven upon his children of men to see if there are any who understand or who seek God. And just as we read before, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going Paul talks about a vision that he has just had after he was brutally bashed almost to death. And he says, I left, he was almost left for death. And he writes that he had an outer body experience and he experienced that he went to the third heaven. Now then it's not three heavens. He's not talking about three heavens. He actually says that there are First heaven is Earth's atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space, you know, the stars and the galaxies. And the third heaven is where God dwells, is where we get to go. That's the actual place of heaven. That's beyond the atmosphere of Earth and the outer space. That's where Paul is actually describing. That's the place of his vision that he had. And I love this because he goes on and tells us what it was like. So what is heaven like? Now, I'm sure you have been told so many stories about, you know, coming before the Peter and pearly gates and seeing if you come in and if you're denied and you know that I'm sure you've heard lots of stories about this and you know there is one story that I want to share with you about an experience that a, a couple of animals had when they were confronted at pearly gates and Peter and there was a cat who died and went to heaven 
And Peter was there at the gate welcoming the cat, saying, welcome. You know, I've noticed you've had a very hard life on earth. And, uh, and I want to do something very special for you. And uh, what would you like? And the cat said, well, Peter, I lived a pretty hard life. I lived on a farm with a poor family and the places I had to sleep were so hard. Those surfaces were so hard. No problem. And gave him a nice fluffy pillow. A few days later, a group of a dozen of mice come in. And they died and they went to heaven. And Peter was there greeting them just as he greeted the cat. And the mice said, you know, so Peter made the same offer to the mice as he was a good Peter. And uh, he said, I know your, your life on earth has been really tough. And he, he goes, it has. We were always chased by dogs, by women with brooms. We were always chased by cats. They were the worst. And, uh, and it sounds like, like it was a crazy life for you mice. And it would be really cool. I know this is really a strange request, Peter. But can we have some roller skates? Absolutely, I will give you some roller skates. And Peter's doing the rounds and he's going to check how the new residences and he goes to the cat and goes, how is your pillow? Oh, the pillow is great. He goes, but Peter, thanks so much for those Meals on Wheels. They are the best. So get ready to make your requests when you go see Peter. Okay, write your list, write it once and write it twice and let's see if Peter uh, will be ready to give you what you want. People ask me, are there animals in heaven? Well, the Bible actually says, I don't know about cats and mice and dogs. <laughs> Neil thinks there are cats and dogs and mice. I don't know. I'm leaving that for you to search the scriptures. But I do know that Elijah talks about Elijah on a horse. I do know that Jesus is coming down on a white horse. So I know that there are horses and the Bible does mention about some other animals. But you know what? I haven't got time to talk about animals. I want to talk about what heaven is like. So what heaven is really like. We see in Revelation 21, 15 to 21 to, and 22, heaven has the best decor. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper, foundations of precious stones and crystal clear river running through it. You know, I've visited some beautiful places in the world and I'm sure that you have as well. But they say that Kashmir, located in the northern India, is to be like heaven on earth. Have you got that picture? Has that come up? Like that's what they say is like heaven on earth. This is in, in north of India. And I think that's pretty beautiful. But guys, don't be deceived. Heaven's so much better than that. 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul says, no eye, no, ear, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. Heaven is illuminated solely by the presence of God. 
and his glory. In Revelation 21 and 23, it says that the city has no need of sun or moon because it shines because the glory of God illuminates it. The lamb is its light. Number two, we see heaven is a place of no mores, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow or sin or sickness. Amen. Oh, it's beautiful. Revelation 21.4, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there should be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. It will be a beautiful life. And I, I've been challenged. I've been challenged because I know people, I know family members who just don't know Jesus yet. My neighbour, when I shared Jesus and I said he was dying, I said, do you know where you're going to be eternity? Do you know? And he literally said, I don't want to know. I refuse. I don't believe in God. I went to his funeral. I've never been to a funeral that was so cold in atmosphere. And I said to Mark, do you feel that? There's like nothing. He believed there's no heaven, there's no hell. And that broke my heart. He had an opportunity. Now, I don't know what last breath. I can't say. God's, God knows. But let me tell you, when I walked away from his place, I prayed continuously that God would reveal himself to him. We know family members, you know family members, you have husbands and wives and children and neighbours and friends who yet to connect with Jesus. Can I tell you, be busy, be busy, be busy. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you what, he knows what they need at that time. He knows their situation, that you be busy to not, Avoid the conversation. Do you know where your eternal home is? Do you know Jesus Christ? You know, it's his wonderful presence. Number three, heaven is a place of rejoicing. Revelations 5.12 says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and blessings. It, it's not sad. It's not boring. People go, well, what are we going to do all the time? Well, the Bible talks about that there'll be things that we'll be doing. We'll not only be worshipping in the Lord, though even that would be amazing because we see how the angels go, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. And then they say it again. Why? Because there's new facets that they see about God that is worth repeating over and over again. And that's the, the wonderful thing. It is going to be a wonderful place. And I don't know about you, but I want to be with my favourite people. And I want to be with people who are yet to know Jesus. The worst thing that can happen to a Christian is not death. So don't be afraid of dying. I meet sometimes Christians who are afraid of dying. That's the best thing. Your eternal hope is in heaven, in Jesus. Don't be afraid. 
Get it right. I used to sit, my dad, you know, I'd talk to you, talk to him and i watch him as I'd go there and he, as he was basically dying and, um, and I'd see him going... And I was so intrigued because I felt it was a bit rude to ask, Dad, what are you saying? What are you? So I'd sit next to him and I'd just hear him whisper and he'd be whispering. And he's a born-again Christian and, and, and I hear him go, Lord, just I pray for that. And he's praying for all his loved ones who still don't know. He knew where he was going and he was concerned. Then he'd go, forgive me of my sins, Lord, if I've done, if I've said something to my kids. And literally it was a continuous, any time someone wasn't doing something, putting a needle in him or something, he was praying. And like I'm encouraged to go, God, let me not waste time on this earth without being able to share the gospel and the good news. Revelations 19, 7, 8 talks about how we receive fine linen uh, robes, speaking of the marriage ro- robes that they are and the righteousness. So heaven is a place of rewards. Revelation twenty two twelve says, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. So he's saying, according to how you have worked for me, not me, for me is how I reward you. Our wedding garments will be constructed by our righteous acts. Did you know about this? Every time you give, every time you love, every time you reach out, every time you worship, every time you serve, God, you are constructing your wedding robe at the marriage lamb of the supper of the lamb. You're making your sewing your robe up there. Every time you give, every time you love, every time you reach out. The New Testament describes five different heavenly rewards referred to as the crowns uh, believers can receive. Number one, there's the victor's crown, also referred to the imperishable crown. 1 Corinthians 9, 25, 27. This is those who show self-discipline. Ability to say no to the things that take our focus off of what Christ has to offer. Those who run the race that God has assigned to them and finish it. That's just the crown, just for that. Victor's crown. Number two, the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4.8 says, This crown is for those who long for heaven as their true home, not the earthly distractions, who choose to do the right thing when faced with choices to do the wrong thing. That's a crown, just saying no to those things. To to say, I'm going to... Choose to follow God and not choose to go that way or do that thing. Faced with something which is a choice that takes them away from Christ. Number three, the crown of rejoicing. First Thessalonians 2.19. This crown is given to those who bring others to Jesus. Often, often referred to the soul winner's crown. I think Kira's going to get one of those. And many of you are going to get one of those. I think all of you are probably going to get one of those. You know, in this month, it's all been about sharing the gospel. And we have seen so many people come 
to, to know Jesus in our services. It's been awesome. 21 baptised in water last Sunday night. The place was filled to the back. That I went, I went towards the back. People were sitting on the ground because there's no chairs. Sitting on the ground. You know, so many people heard the gospel last Sunday. Some people who never would step into church came into church and heard the gospel as it was preached. They saw the evidences of people going, I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life by the death and the resurrection symbol of coming in the waters of baptism. You see, God is, is there's this surge, there's this urge, come on. Time is running out. Jesus is coming back. You just have to look at the news these days and you go, Jesus, is it soon? Because it needs to be soon. You know, we, we need to be busy telling Jesus, telling people about Jesus. That's the crown. Number four, the crown of glory. First Peter 5, 4, the crown is given to the faithful shepherds, that's me, of God, people, Pastors, but Sunday school teachers, ministry teams who answer the court of leadership, life group leaders that carry out the Great Commission. That's the crown of glory. Number five, and number five is the last crown, the crown of life. James 1.12, Revelation 2.10. And this is for believers who go through persecution, trials, temptations, and even martyrdom. They gave their life for their faith in Jesus and to those who have kept their faith when it cost them to do so, they will receive a reward. Did you identify in getting one reward? <laughs> Heaven is a place of reunions. Oh, with loved ones and friends and all those who knew Jesus as their saviour, I'm looking forward to seeing so many people who have gone before me, so, so many people in this place that I knew used to sit in these seats, gone to glory in the presence of God. We're going to see them again. Yeah. You will see them again. There's a story, Matthew 17, in the Mount Transfiguration when Jesus takes Peter, James and John up to a high mountain and where he's transfigured before them. The Bible says he becomes this glowing white presence and they are watching Jesus, it says, and they are peering with Jesus and Moses and Elijah is there. After Peter seeing this, he wants to capture the moment as you would. Before they're gone, he says, why don't we build three hounds, three shelters, three tents, and one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let's, let's eat together. Let's live together. And Peter, how Peter, sorry, Peter recognises, how did Peter recognise that it was Moses and Elijah? He wasn't living back then. Good point. Thanks, Jonathan. The reason he knew them was because God had inspired an understanding that that's who they are. And they are recognisable even though they met. They never met. In John 21, 1 to 7, says, We will see when Jesus appears to his disciples in his resurrected body. And he was recognisable. People say, Will I be married in heaven? Y yes. I don't know to the same partner. We'll be definitely married to Jesus. Yeah. 
<laughs> Some of you are going, I don't want to do another, another eternity with so-and-so. <laughs> so I, I don't think marriage is the big deal over there, but we definitely be married to Christ. So we'll retain, we'll, we retain our likeness. We will retain our likeness. But you will look better in heaven than you do now. Better looks, no makeup, no liposuction, no Botox, no injections, no whatever they do now. None of that because we will have heavenly, good-looking bodies. Remember when he made woman, he says, whoa. It's good. Heaven, not comparable. So much better. I like how Paul, what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. Good. Oh, is that three minutes and 20? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like those who have no hope. People who have no hope have no hope of seeing their loved ones. But for those who know Jesus, we have a hope that we're going to be reunited again. Number six, heaven has many dwellings. Jesus then goes on to say in John 14, to in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You know, the Greek word here for mansions is monai. Monai. Say it with me. Monai. Monai. You speak Greek now. <laughs> Dwelling home. Dwelling home. So if you were thinking you're getting a big Beverly Hills mansion, get that out of your head. When we get to heaven, there will be no materialistic desire there will be no jealousy on what others get and what I have. There will be no obsession with material things. We will be so obsessed with Jesus, not our home. All Jesus is saying here and means here is there is room for you and there is a home for you. In fact, the rest of the verse goes, and I go to prepare a place for you. There is room for you all you have to do is choose. Lastly, how do we get to heaven? Thomas says, how do we get to heaven? John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. It dispels all human thoughts. If I pray more, I'll get to heaven. If I do more works, good. it's good to do service in the church. It's good to do works. But the more that you do doesn't get you to heaven. If I'm good to all mankind, if I give more money to the poor, if I pay penance, the answer is none of these things because these things are about us doing or putting a burden on us. The Bible teaches that that burden was put on Jesus once and for all. It's easy. It's so easy. The gospel is easy. Receiving Jesus is easy. It is easy. He's made it easy so no man shall perish. No man will have an excuse. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And only mankind can come to the Father through Jesus. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to close with this one story. Do you have like five minutes? This is a really, really beautiful story. 
um, my, Mark's mum, she had to go and have an eye operation and... Uh, and when she went on to the, uh, have the op- eye operation, she, they stuck a needle in her eye and she went into cardiac, uh, uh, heart arrhythmia, heart, I'm going to write it, arrhythmia, arrhythmia, you know what I mean. Uh, her heart went into arrhythmia, uh, arrhythmia. Well, mamma <laughs> She came out of her body and she came out of her body and she saw... The table, she saw herself on the body, on the table with chaos, doctors and nurses frantically going around, such crazy. And the surgeons were trying to, they thought they were losing her. And then she is transported in a place where she hears her mother and her sister calling her. And she says she's felt she's drawn into this into heaven, she said. It was beautiful. It was light. It was peaceful. It was so serene. She goes, it was unbelievable. And, and she hears them calling her. Now, I don't know about the, the whole biblical thing of this. So don't, this is, I'm only telling what she saw, right? My, my mother-in-law, trust me, this was a vision, if you know my mother-in-law. Um, and she's been drawn into this place. And then all of a sudden, she feels this dragging of, of creatures into this dark place. And she begins to scream. She goes, all she could see was dark. It was cold. It was scary. And she begins to, in, in her native languages, which is Dutch, she goes, Ever-living God, this should not be happening to me. Ever-living God, this should not be happening to me. Three times. Ever-living God, this should not be happening to me. And all of a sudden, the doctors, not God, not heaven, not anything, all all of a sudden, the doctors are able to get her back into her heart begins to beat again. She, as you could imagine, like you would be freaked out. She rings her born-again crazy son, right? And that's how she saw Mark, crazy, brainwashed. She goes, Mark, can you cut? I need to tell you something. So he's like, yeah, sure, Mum. So he, after the operation, when she well, obviously was after the operation, he went there and she says, this is what happened, but I don't understand. And Mark was really able to bring a scripture and it says, I just want to just say get, get it right, but it says, um, to, as many has, to as many who have received him, and the word for received in the Bible actually means welcomed. To as many ha- who have received him, he gives the power to become sons of God. And he says, mum, you've received him but you've never welcomed him. It was the Holy Spirit. goes, you can have the musicians can come now. It goes, Mum, it's like me knocking at the door and I could be standing there. You open the door, you receive me, you, you see, you acknowledge me. You never open the door to Jesus and you let him into your life, into your heart and you begin to have a relationship with him. And he just said that and he left it as that. Let her stew on it. Let her think about that, right? He leaves her hanging, right? And then that night I was able to go and I was able to share with her about the only way 
to Jesus, to God, is through Jesus Christ. If you confess, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. And I said, Mum, you can have the assurance of eternal life by believing, by receiving, by welcoming him in. Do you want to do that? Yes, yes, yes. So I let her into that prayer, and, and it's wonderful. And she literally, from a hard Dutch woman, became soft to the things of God, reading her Bible. You know, she couldn't come to church because of her fra- frailties, but we'll bring church to her. That's the scary thing, isn't it? So many p- people believe that their passage to eternal life, to heaven, is just the given. But it's only one way. It's only what my mother-in-law, she thought she, that experience, I, I love the fact that God will use an experience, will use anything again to appeal to come. In the Bible it says he used the donkey. He'll use whatever. He'll use whatever. But today he's asking us, will you, will you go share your faith? With those who don't know. Would you close your eyes right now? Bow your heads. You know, I'm, I'm, I assume that everyone is Christians, but that's what I assume, but I don't know for real. And so today, I don't want to close this meeting without giving anyone an, an, an opportunity. If you really don't know, if you don't know whether you've received Jesus, or perhaps you've gone away from the Lord. Perhaps you've walked away. Perhaps you've just doing life by yourself, doing it your way. I would love to open this time and give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. I'm, I'm, I'm so unashamed. And I probably assume everyone here has done this. But I can't leave without giving you an opportunity. If there's anyone here this morning who wants to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Saviour, or, or perhaps rededicate your life, if you'd like to raise your hand, I'd love to pray for you. Yeah, That's wonderful. Anyone else? Okay, can we together pray? Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I believe in you and I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for every person in this place right now. What a wonderful, wonderful place heaven will be. But Lord, To know that we'll be there without those who we love on earth. Oh God, let it burden our hearts. Let it burden our hearts as we walk down the street, wherever we are. Holy Spirit, lead us to those who are ready to hear. Holy Spirit, give us opportunity to those who don't want to hear. Father, I just pray that we, even this week, oh God, We're so impacted as we know what heaven is like, but we'll be more impacted that that we share the faith that, Lord, that only knowing you and believing in you and receiving you was eternal life. 
and heaven and eternity will be a part of people's life by the decision that they make. And Father, I pray that we will plunder hell and populate heaven. As Reinhard Bonnke always used to say, Lord Jesus, but use us. We're vessels to be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen.